When best-selling author Francine Rivers sets out to write a new book, she always starts with a question that regards a struggle in her own faith or an experience she's recently had. And her plots center around different ways that this question can be answered by the world, but the quest is to find God's answer. This is the case in her latest book, The Masterpiece. Well, in, in this particular one, I've been um, somewhat involved in fighting sex trafficking, and there is a lot of uh, traumatic experiences in that. And I just kept thinking, well, how is it possible to have a, a healthy relationship when you're coming out of some of that kind of thing? And also, you know, when children experience traumatic events, is it possible to really get over all that? So that was what sort of started it off. Hello and welcome to the ARC Podcast. I'm Adam. On today's episode, Joy and I talked with best-selling author Francine Rivers. We talked about her latest book, The Masterpiece, and what went into the research and her writing process behind that book. We also got to hear the story about how she ended up getting published with Tyndale, and she gives some advice for aspiring writers. If you want to learn more about Francine, you can visit her website at francinerivers.com. You can find her latest book, The Masterpiece, for sale anywhere books are sold or at Tyndale.com. Please enjoy our conversation with Francine Rivers. So Francine, welcome to the show. We're so happy to have you. It's wonderful to be with you. Thank you. So Francine, you have been an author with Tyndale for quite a few years now. And for all of our listeners out there, can you share with us how you started to be published with Tyndale? Actually, my agent, Jane Jordan Brown, made the contact because I became a Christian um, and I, I had been working in the general market for years. There are a lot of people that were writing in the general market that didn't have the freedom to share their faith, and a lot of those people have now come into the Christian market, which, of course, increases the quality of the writing, too. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So I yeah, see I a lot of new, younger writers that are coming in that are just incredibly talented, so it's, um, I think there's a great future ahead. Yes, very much yeah, so. We hope, mm-hmm. we definitely hope so. Yeah, <laughs> for yeah. all our sakes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Now, your latest book is The Masterpiece, which comes out in February. Now, you, you often say that each of your novels is prompted by a faith-related question. Uh, yes. What question inspired the masterpiece, and were there any particular scripture verses or stories that guide your writing? Well, in, in this particular one, I've been um, somewhat involved in fighting sex trafficking, and there is a lot of um, traumatic experiences in that, and I just kept thinking, well, how is it possible to have... a a healthy relationship when you're coming out of some of that kind of thing. And also, you know, when children experience traumatic events, is it possible to really get over all that? So that was what sort of started it off. And the masterpiece came in because I wanted to deal with a graffiti artist um, and just how, you know, the gang mentality and the acting out, you know, what brings that on. So that, that, came there with that came the title and of course the title is you think of it as his artwork becoming the masterpiece but it's really not i mean we are each god's masterpiece so the the driving scripture was uh, ephesians 2:10 mm. 
that we are God's masterpiece. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's he is recreating and just re, re, just renewing our lives and bringing us to what we were intended to be when he created us. Mm-hmm. Yes. But I'll tell you, this was a really hard book for me to write because I don't have that kind of background. I grew up in a very um, strong family, loving family. So I was doing a lot of research, and I <laughs> it was hard to really let myself get into the minds of these children because they, they both characters both main characters have very traumatic childhood events which mm-hmm. and i've heard some of those stories from people that i've met in the last few years mm-hmm. and francine for that type of research did you do did you read psychological books did you have focus groups did you meet with counselors how do you go about that well, I did, I did a lot of reading, but I also, uh, when I started creating these characters, or I should, the characters begin to create themselves in your mind, but I wanted to be sure I was going down the right path. So I have a friend who is a family counselor, and she's with a group of counselors, so she said, well, why don't you bring your characters to our weekly meeting and just talk about them? So I brought them in. And I wanted to know, are, are the things that I'm learning in the books that I'm reading, the psychology books and stuff, is this reflective of what people would actually be feeling if they had this experience as a child? Is this how they had acted out as a teenager or as an adult? And then I just told them the story. And I remember one particular counselor just started to cry, and he said, I know kids exactly like that. I worked with kids just like that in inner-city Oakland. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it's just so much pain. I mean, there. I think there are so many people that are coming up without the knowledge of Christ in this world that we live in right now. And there's a lot more pain, I think, than there were in years past where we, you know, we knew about the Lord. Even if you weren't a Christian, you've got some Christian education in schools, you've learned to pray, you've, but they don't have that anymore. Mm-hmm. We don't have that in our culture. Mm-hmm. Right, and the question you're asking about, can two broken people or two people who have come from very dysfunctional backgrounds, can they have a healthy relationship, is a question many of us ask. Or if there's a traumatic event in the family that, you know, a whole family and the parents get divorced or a child dies, how can people recover from that and still seek wholeness? That's a, yes, that's and, well, and ultimately Christ is the answer, you know, mm-hmm. and, and he, offers, he offers instruction through his word. But it, it takes somebody to plant that seed, mm-hmm. you know, and then for some people, and I, I won't tell the story, but for some people it takes a really another traumatic event to mm-hmm. get through and to get their attention. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Can you talk a little bit about your two main characters, Roman and Grace, and kind of what motivates them and how their stories intertwine? Well, with Grace, um, she comes to faith very early in her story. But then I think with most Christians, as I know for me, you know, just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you're, um, you have a perfect life or that you do everything right. Mm-hmm. You still make mistakes, and some of those mistakes bear consequences that you, you, know, you have to live with for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there, there are other people like with Roman. He didn't have any, any knowledge of God at all, other than as a curse, you know. So he has nothing to fall back on. And even those that are kind of reaching out to him are very cautious in the way they present their faith. 
they're not talking about Christ, they're not talking about the Bible, but they're kind of showing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not until much later that, you know, he, uh, he raises the question and then they tell him why, you know, why they didn't bring it up. He wasn't ready to hear. Mm-hmm. Sometimes mm-hmm. you can't talk about Jesus. You'll, you'll know, you have a sense that, you know, if I say, if I say it right now, it's going to be a flat rejection. They're not going to hear it. It's going to be a wall. Mm-hmm. So you have to wait for the right time. Wait yes. for God's timing. Very much so. And Francine, one of the things I personally admire is how you use fiction and stories that you create to illustrate principles from the gospel. And I'm wondering, can you share with us how that comes to be, how you weave in principles or why you think storytelling is so important to gospel presentation? Well, I think Jesus used stories to get through to people. Um, I th- and I think with stories, a lot of times he used it to kind of separate because those, you know, the parables were kind of to veil. But the, one, the people that would come to him, his disciples and followers, that would come to him and say, well, what did that mean? What were you, what were you saying? He would explain. So I think that's the value of story. But for me, I read the Bible every day. I mean, I try to read straight through the Bible every year. Um, using the one-year Bible mm-hmm. <laughs> and the chronological Bible, you know, chronological one-year Bible and the recovery Bible, and I have a lot of different ones that I read. But if if I'm spending the first part of my day in Scripture, it's going to form and transform everything I do, and and that's it's got to be that way for my writing. Mm-hmm. It's not that I'm putting the principles in there; it's just that that's that's in me, planted in me, so that it can come out of me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's true of everybody. If we spend time and start our day in Scripture, it is going to impact everything we think and say and do, mm-hmm. Very if, much we, so. if we allow it to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's not, it's, you're not overlaying it, you're, you're living it. It's just a part of who you are. Mm-hmm. And that flows out into the characters you write, which is really helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that's the way I want it to be. I know a Christian fiction for a long time. It seemed to be okay. Here's the story. Now let's stop and have a little lecture here. Yeah. And I, I also have to say that there are times when I get on my soapbox, mm-hmm. but I have an ex- I have an excellent editor in <laughs> in Kathy Olson and also in Karen Watson, and they they'll say, okay, here you're know, you're you're kind of superimposing your 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 system here. And, it, and that helps, because it helps me, it allows me to vent, but then it can be taken out, and it's woven in naturally. Yes, yeah. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'll always need an editor, and I'm just yes. thankful I've got a really good one. <laughs> That's right, yes. Mm-hmm. One question I wanted to ask, we, we talked a little bit earlier about research. I have to ask, since you have a character that's a graffiti artist, have you done any graffiti art yourself? <laughs> I have not. I have not, but I did. It, it just one of those serendipity things. I was uh, invited to speak to a group of, of students that came over from Romania, and they were visiting in Monterey. So my husband and I went down there, and I was. Uh, one of the questions was the project I was working on. I was working on this book about a graffiti artist, and I was just doing online and book uh, research at that time, and the host said, oh, we know a graffiti artist in San Francisco, and he's a Christian. And that's how I came in contact with Cameron Moberg, who is 
the one that did the cover of the book. Mm-hmm. And he's he's online. If people want to take a look at his work, he's an extraordinarily talented artist. Mm-hmm. But he started out, you know, sneaking out of his <laughs> out of his family's home and going out and doing graffiti in San Francisco. And now he he does graffiti all over the world. Just beautiful things that are he's hired to do. Mm-hmm. And it it just was it was interesting to me because that is sort of what happens to Roman. Yes. So we we've gotten together with with him and Crystal and his kids and had him up here and, and just a really neat family. Mhm. That's really so that neat. It's probably I one of the things I think I love about being a writer is that you get to learn about new things in every book. So you Absolutely. your research informs your view of the world and you're ever changing and that that allows you to cross paths with people who you might not otherwise. Yeah, mm-hmm. very much so. Yeah. So well, and I I remember the first time I saw graffiti that really attracted. I thought it was beautiful. Was it actually in Romania on some of the walls and and when you, we were taking a train somewhere? Mm-hmm. Had no idea what it was saying, but I just thought it's beautiful. It can be beautiful. Yes, very much so. I had a friend uh, who's a, a famous artist. He gave a seminar and was sharing about how when he watches the train pass and there's graffiti all over the cars, he really appreciates it and, and sees it, even though some of those those cars may have been vandalized, to see actually the content and the expertise and how neat it is that... Um, Cameron, you said? Yes, Cameron is able to use that for a redemptive purpose for commissioned projects. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Well, and you're not sure what they're saying, but they are communicating. Mm -hmm. And that may be their only way to communicate, and that's that's the case with Roman. It's through his graffiti that he's expressing his true feelings and his Mm -hmm. thoughts. Mm-hmm. And that all of his other artwork up to a point is just really, well, this is, I know how to make money from art. But the graffiti, the stuff that he does on the side without anybody knowing is really who he is. Mm-hmm. So it's trying to bring the two personalities together and, um, you know, show that, you know, graffiti is a valuable art form. Mm-hmm. Very much so. And one of the things we noticed in surveying the masterpiece is that you continue to write about brokenness and healing and redemption. And one of the themes is how harboring secrets from our past really can influence our lives, our relationships, our future. Can you share with us the the overarching theme of redemption and how and what you would like the reader to take away from it? Well, I know for me, um, I had an abortion in college years, just way back years ago, but it was a long time before I could deal with it. And even after becoming a Christian, it was probably another eight years before I dealt with it. And it was something that, you know, it was uh, a wound inside me that I just couldn't heal myself. Mm. And I I think God brings things to the surface, you know, that, that we come to Christ and we think, oh, it's going to be all great now. Mm. And a lot of times he's bringing up all that floatsome and he's, and he's having us deal with it, with him, mm-hmm. and, and gradually healing from the different things. And I think, I, I think that's probably a recurring theme in all the works, all the books I've done. Mm-hmm. 
Mm -hmm. And it's a, you it's know, a the, universal theme, so everybody relates yeah. to that, regardless of the issues yeah. that they faced. Well, and secrets, secrets very often, they keep you captive. Mm -hmm. And uh, I know I dealt with that in the last senator. It's like, uh, you know, when, when you have a secret, it, it holds you captive, but when you, um, you feel guilty, but then if you feel conviction, mm -hmm. the conviction brings you to confession, and confession is really what begins the healing process, because God comes in, and then he begins the, the healing and restoring process. Mm -hmm. But as long as you hang on to that secret or that sin, you know, it just, it's bondage. Mm -hmm. Very much so, and it seems like Roman, he particularly, Roman and Grace, really, come to realize that throughout the book. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. How would you say the masterpieces, uh, what does they have com in common with your other works, and how is it e unique? How does it stand out? I Oh, boy, that's hard. Uh, <laughs> I would say that I tend to write about broken people, so I think that's the common thread. Uh, and what I, what I always hope is that people are going to recognize themselves in some aspect of the story, and it'll draw them closer to God. Mm -hmm. And especially, you know, in in any any Christian work um, that I do, and I know a lot of other Christian writers feel the same way. It's not meant to replace Scripture. It's meant to be a bridge back into it, mm -hmm. and to kind of uh, flesh out different um, aspects of, of Christianity mm -hmm. and to help people see that, you know, if they turn to God and they go and read his word, they're going to find the answers that they're searching for. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's always what I hope comes out of any book that I write, is it's going gonna, it's gonna to make people hunger and thirst for the real thing. Mm. It's a, this is a story, this is a fictional story, but there is a very real God out there who loves you and wants you to be in a relationship with him. Mm. So that's, that's, right. that's the hope in anything I do. Mm -hmm. And you do it well, Francine. You do. That's why <laughs> your books are so well, well read. I'm wondering, Francine, if you can share with us about the process of your writers. We have some, or the process of your writing, excuse me. We have people who listen, who are curious about the writing process, who might be interested in writing themselves. And what have you found over the years are your strategies? Do you come up with a story and fit the characters in? Do you create characters first and then the story? I, usually it's a, it's a character that starts to grow in my head, and I, I tend to carry a notebook anywhere I go, you know, in my purse, <laughs> mm -hmm. because you get, you get ideas everywhere you go. I mean, it, conversations, just situations, things you see, and I jot them down. I also I used to have a notebook by my bed, but now I just get up and go into the into the room right next door and jot things down. I have a flashlight <laughs> so I can find my way around. Because a lot of times your best ideas come at night, and I've learned, you know, if you think, oh, that's a really good idea, and I'll remember it in the morning, you won't. Mm -hmm. So get up and write it down right then. And then um, I think the story comes from the characters, mm -hmm. and it can be just about anything. Mm -hmm. um, I the one time I remember I had the title first, and it was and the shofar blew, and I didn't know what a shofar was. Mm, yeah. <laughs> all I all I knew all I knew was it's got something to do with the church. Mm. And I, I at that time I'd been traveling around, and what I was noticing is that people were uh, churches were turning away from 
from Christ. I mean, they were taking down crosses. They wanted to be friendly to the community. They didn't want to offend anybody. Um, and so that, it was the title that came first, and then the characters started to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, so that started differently. But I, I think everybody has their own style and their own way of doing things. For me, it's just writing down notes, and then pretty soon the notes begin to make sense, and a, and a person will begin to, to uh, grow in your head and begin to talk to you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like and then you have a relationship. Yeah. With them. Yeah, I was watching I was watching if you've seen the movie The Man Who Invented Christmas about uh Charles Dickens and writing the Christmas Carol. Yes. Mm-hmm. And he's got he's got the characters following him around talking to him. That's what it's like. <laughs> oh. I just laughed through that whole thing and my husband's looking at me and yeah. That's the way it is. You have these people that come to life inside your head, and they're talking to you all the time. <laughs> and they, they're telling you their story, and, the, and the, writer's, the writer's job is to get out of their way and tell their story. Mm-hmm. That's you know, an Whatever art. they're trying to talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, it's fun, but it can be frustrating, and it can be you know, just maddening at times, too. <laughs> yes, I, can I can't imagine. imagine doing anything else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you have any advice that you usually give people who are just starting out as writers? Write what you want to read. Mm-hmm. And read good things because reading really, um, what you read is going to inform you and transform you. Mm-hmm. And that's why I say read the Bible. You know, if you want to be transformed and formed, you want, to, you want it to be done with the right material. Mm-hmm. Very much, Francine. Who do you like to read? Well, right now, all I'm reading is scripture. <laughs> uh, I have got I, I have got a whole shelf of books that um, I intend to read. But my husband has been teaching our Bible study for a number of years. But uh, he has Parkinson's and he's uh, stepping down for a while. So now I am stepping up. Mm. So I'm really immersing myself in in mentoring relationships in scripture. Sure. And right now I'm looking at Samuel and Eli, which I think is going to be very interesting because Eli was not all that great a mentor. Right. And yet, look at, look at Samuel. Mm, yes, yeah. and that was because the Lord yeah. had his hand over Samuel. And really Absolutely. Despite, Absolutely. You know, despite the hardship that came. So, yeah. yeah, Francine, you're just an inspiration to us. I, Adam and I work very hard to market the books that we do and we have to just say that your your books are a joy to work on and we know that they they really influence believers non-believers seekers and we appreciate what you're doing no well, thank you very much i you know god can use anything even fiction mm-hmm, he can yeah <laughs> it's amazing that he can he can use anything for his glory and to and to you know present the gospel to people yes very much so so if people were interested in looking at your other books uh, or learning more about you, reading your blog, where should they go? www.francinerivers.com. That's the website address. Um, and there should be a lot of information on there. I, te- I tend to blog. I try to blog once a week. And because I have no tech ability whatsoever, <laughs> my daughter Shannon is the one that puts it on the website. Uh, but I try to blog about a lot of different things, um, just my views on life and mm-hmm. creation and all that kind of stuff. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we look forward to the release of the masterpiece, which is February 6th. And people can get that. They can pre-order it now and get it anywhere books are sold. Thank, thank you, Francine. We appreciate you. Well, thank you very much. It's of been course. a pleasure. It's a pleasure for us. Talk to you later. All right. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.